So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. Circle up team, we've got status. Evelyn's marketing consultancy client roster is skyrocketing. Okay, so this week is a biggie. We've got the pitch and three client meetings. She needs another analyst before her team's free time plummets. Who's the competitive analysis on fruit snacks. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. How do you make the most of your land? If you ask the Wrens, who run with us on a John Deere mower, they tell you... I mow first, then I do all the trimming. But the Hubbards, who work behind the wheel of a John Deere compact tractor, would say... If it's something you want, just go after it and try it. Then there's the Mosers, who may mention from the seat of their John Deere Gator UTV... You can't be all working up, play. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer.
here's our man, Eric Asher. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. And, of course, uh, taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Thanks so much for being there. Remember the digital platforms, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app. Take the show with you anywhere, anywhere. free download for you, smartphone, tablet, and uh, I'm telling you, great apps as well. I mean, uh, the programming you get on those apps are second to none. And, of course, you can catch this show and keep this show going, uh, even, again, if you have to leave your radio for any reason. Nash FM 106.1 and ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. And, of course, Anchor is our home base because our podcast is everywhere. But we're on your favorite podcasting platform as well. Uh, today on the program, Glenn Gilbo, Outkick.com, will join us on the program. Uh, he is going to be covering the Final Four for Outkick. So we'll talk a lot about the Final Four coming to New Orleans. Um, of course, uh, Kansas-Villanova in the first game, uh, followed by Duke, North Carolina. All that, uh, again, is on Saturday. And then, of course, the national championship on Sunday night in, in the uh, Caesar Superdome. So uh, looking forward to that. First real big sporting event uh, since um, – uh, major sporting event since the pandemic. And, and look, I, I, we can talk about the Sugar Bowl, no doubt. You can say Saints games, yes. But you're talking about an international event here. Uh, this could be bringing media in from from all over the uh, uh, the country. Uh, so again, a big big week here for the city of New Orleans. I'll get into that in a moment. Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints podcast, uh, will join us at five thirty-five. Talking about the Final Four, uh, you know, I've talked about it over the last few days, uh, and it doesn't seem to be letting up, and that's the issue here here in New Orleans. Uh, the mayor announced yesterday something that we knew uh, that again, state police, federal partners will be uh, will be joining in with the NOPD, also Jefferson Parish, as as um, um, as Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office normally does. Uh, they'll they'll be augmenting the NOPD as well. They'll be sending over officers uh, to be able to help, um, especially downtown and other areas that are necessary uh, to be able to um, keep people safe here in the city. Um, but the you know the crime is just not letting up. I mean, the shootings, uh, the carjackings, you know, I, and I mentioned that I, you know, I, I wrote kind of a, a letter to New Orleans criminals and meaning, again, the entire metropolitan area, right? When I talk New Orleans, I don't talk city of New Orleans. You hear me say Arlene's Parish. New Orleans, you know, we're all New Orleans. And, uh, I mean, I consider the metropolitan area New Orleans. And the hope is, again, that, you know, they take a few days off, you know. I mean, I, look, for them, this is prime time, right? So many people in the city, so many op- opportunities for victims. Um, but hopefully uh, the, uh, the influx of law enforcement officers uh, from, again, federal, state, local, and then adjoining parishes uh, will help keep the peace here in New Orleans uh, over, the, over the next uh, week as, again, uh, all the way till Monday uh, that the national, international media will be here. Look, they're, they're going to be showcasing the city once again. And when you look at what's, what, what we need in, in terms of publicity for the city, we don't need the negative publicity of, again, uh, individuals who are selfish uh, and are, are out, again, trolling for their next victim, not worrying about, again, the city as a whole and what's going on. I don't even think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's top of mind for them. 
At this point, again, they're just trolling for victims. They're looking for, again, their next hit, their next victim. And, you know, again, everything else be damned. But uh, this is a huge week for the city. It just is. You know, again, we've got to, we, you know, we got to let the, the world know that we're open for business once again. And as I've mentioned so many times, you know, over the years, when we get these big events here in the city, you cannot pay for the advertising that we get. Uh, you know, from, again, the, uh, the, the, the scenes of the French Quarter to, again, uh, having uh, a lot of media members that, that, are, uh, that are, again, in the quarter, doing, uh, filing stories for their particular um, 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 uh, companies, uh, a situation where you find, uh, you know, some radio and TV shows that are actually uh, broadcasting live from the French Quarter, Jackson Square, etc. We've seen that over and over again. Waldemar Park is, is going to be filled with, again, a great concert series uh, this, this, uh, this upcoming weekend. I mean, there's so much going on that, that again, that is, that is uh, part of the Final Four. You know, you got the, the dunk contest over at Xavier. And so, I mean, hopefully we have a peaceful week. And hopefully, again, people can walk away with, with the, you know, the feeling that the Wallens is back. We don't need an energy outage, <laughs> okay, uh, like we had in the Super Bowl a, year, a few years back. Like, again, we had, which almost uh, threatened uh, a Pelican game just a few weeks ago. Uh, we have to be on our best on our best this week because this is this is one of those ones where yeah people know New Orleans and New Orleans you know is 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 is, is, a, is a great international destination no doubt about it but we got to rebrand ourselves in a lot of cases letting people know that again post pandemic where we had all these restrictions those things are gone now uh and and the city is open and vibrant and ready for business as far as the the locals are going uh, are going you look at this situation right now and the locals have been out Okay, the locals are out. They're enjoying themselves. Again, they're, they're uh, going to their favorite restaurant, their favorite bar. Uh, now, they may, their head may be on a swivel in some cases, but, but again, people are out there enjoying. They're going to festivals. And we know that this is a situation where this is big business for New Orleans. So hopefully, uh, again, we, we'll get through this uh, putting on, again, a great show like we always do. But, again, those criminals – we have no, no regard for the traditions of this town, for what's going on in this town, that, that again, they'll take a step back uh, for the week. I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I don't think it's happening, <laughs> okay? But, you know, we, we can pray. We can hope, right? A uh, lot going on with the Saints today, man. Uh, again, uh, the NFL uh, owners' meetings are in, um, uh, are in Florida, and uh, Saints made a couple move, made a move today. Also, again, uh, well, uh, Dennis Allen got a chance to speak to the media. We know a little bit more, a little bit more insight uh, into what we're going to see this season. First of all, Andy Dalton has signed a one-year, three million dollar deal with the Saints to be their backup quarterback. Uh, Blake Bortles, Ian Book are on are on the roster right now. He could make as much as six million with incentives. To me, I like the I like the move. Uh, you know, Trevor Simeon went back to to, to Chicago, uh, which is his again his hometown. He played at Northwestern. Um, he said it was a dream come true to him to wear a bear uniform. When you look at Andy Dalton, he's liked Andy Dalton as a quarterback. Um, yes, again, he's a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, he hasn't maybe had the success that he had in Cincinnati when, when, when he was in his prime. But as a guy that could come off the bench for you if, 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 if uh, you've got a situation where Jameis Winston is injured, uh, you know, uh, again, he's got the experience, and he's won big games. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, I think this is, this is an upgrade. In, in terms of in terms of the um, backup quarterback, look, Trevor Simeon did a nice job last year. He did. Uh, we also know now that Taysom Hill, something that has been rumored over the last few weeks, uh, is no longer going to be a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And you know what? Hallelujah. Uh, uh, look, I, I never felt like he was going to be a quarterback. 
I didn't think he was a starting quarterback in the NFL. When the contract was signed, and again, I want to go to the contract in a few minutes uh, because there's a lot of people, again, they're thinking that he signed a four-year, $140 million contract, uh, you know, that, which is quarterback money, right? <laughs> Far from the truth, okay? He signed a contract that was incentive late based on the position he was going to play. He is no longer playing quarterback. So his, his, his contract now reverts to about $10 million a year. He got about $21 million guaranteed. Now, he's reworked his deal for the Saints a couple times to be able to get under the cap, uh, which, again, has added some dummy years to that contract. But he's getting about $10 million a year, which is about seventh when you look at the, look at the tight ends in the NFL. Um, he's going to be a tight end. So now I've been talking about that veteran tight end they need to bring in, right? Well, I think you've got a guy now. You know, I think you, with, with Troutman, Taysom Hill, if he's going to be your full-time tight end, your F tight end, uh, I think you're in, you're in a good, pretty good spot now with the tight end position. You know, Juwan Johnson is a tweener, so you got you got some different skill sets at that tight end position. You know, they really needed a veteran last year to be able to really, really play that position. And, look, he's a, he's a weapon, and he can be utilized in a lot of different weapons. But, again, Dennis Allen said today he is going to be uh, the F tight end. So, look, that, that, that to me, that works. And, you know, from a contract standpoint, uh, when you look at the situation uh, with Taysom Hill, look, it's $10 million a year is what it comes down to. Uh, there, were, there were incentives in, in his contract based on, you know, 3,250 yards of passing, $500,000 incentive, 4,000 yards passing, another $5,000 in incentives, 90-plus passer rating, another $500,000 incentives. If he gets 25-plus passing touchdowns, $750,000 in incentives. If that goes to 30, then it's again $1.25 million. 65% completions, 224 attempts, $1 million. See, these are all, again, escalators within the contract in terms of incentives if he's playing the quarterback position. He's no longer playing the quarterback position. So this reverts back to, a again, a tight end type contract for him. Now, look, the guaranteed money is the guaranteed money. He got that up front. He can thank Sean Payton for that. Payton looked out for him. Payton thought he could be next Steve Young. He's not next Steve Young. That was a total miss on, on the part of Sean Payton. Now, the question is, coming back from a Liz Frank injury, you know, at, at what, 32 years old? Uh, how effective can he be? That's the question here. Uh, this is a serious injury, and he was a guy that was injury-prone at BYU. Um, uh, hopefully, again, he has the ability to continue to build his body up. I think one of the reasons why he got injured last year was he slimmed down. He, he tried to be able to set himself up as a quarterback in a competition with Jameis Winston. Uh, Winston ended up winning winning that. And, and then, of course, down the line, um, you look at Taysom, and uh, hopefully he'll bu- he'll bulk that body up because he is a weapon, Okay. You, know, you hand him the ball, you, you, know, you, know, you throw him the ball, and you allow him to be able to, again, get ahead of steam up. He is a physical player. But all these people that are, that are going crazy right now saying, oh, no, you signed him this big quarterback contract, and now he's a tight end? This incentives in the contract that, that again, that, that protect the Saints, has always protected the Saints if he ultimately became the tight end for the team, and that's where he is. Um, Dennis Allen said a few things today uh, to, to, to the media. And look, I, you know, I, I will say this. Sean Payton at times was open but guarded. Sometimes you had to read between the lines with Sean Payton. It got to the point in the, in, when he first was here, we always had to read between the lines, right? Toward the end of his tenure, he pretty much told you what was going to happen, but we still tried to read between the lines. We're trying to figure out Dennis Allen right now, right? We know Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator. Dennis Allen, the head coach, again, that's kind of a work in progress for, for those in the media, those uh, the, in the fan base to know exactly what the deal is. But 
he, he made a couple comments today. And one of the comments he made was about the wide receiver position. And he talked about, again, going to see Michael Thomas in California, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, to, to kind of see, again, how he was doing in his rehab because he is rehabbing out there, uh, that this was just a chance for him to be able to kind of get to know him, which goes to show you, look, there's a line of demarcation between offense and defense when you're talking about a team. Your defensive coordinator, your defensive coaches, yes, they again, the, I'm, I'm sure they, they converse with the offensive players, but, you know, they're all defense. And, and the offense player, offensive coaches are all offense. So now he's the head coach. So he's the coach of everyone now. So he wanted to get to know uh, Michael Thomas a little better. Uh, and he went out to, to visit him because that's where he's doing the rehab. But he did mention in his comments about wide receiver about uh, the opportunity to get somebody with some speed on the, op- on the opposite side of, um, of Michael Thomas. Uh, he talked about the draft, and he talked about free agency. And, you know, not, not really a, a big difference in what we've seen. You know, he said that, you know, the, the draft is where they build their, 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 um, um, their team. They kind of augment it with, with free agency. Now, in the past, we, again, the, the, the approach was um, fill your holes in free agency and then best player available in, in, the, in the draft. I don't know how much that, that, that deviates from that. But again, you know, he said he said he'd rather augment the team through free agency and then build through the draft. You know, he talked about the Demario Davis, meaning that they're not going to overspend for a free agent. Here's the issue when you start talking about the wide receiver position, which I've been harping on. Look, tight end is is solved now, right? Backup quarterback is solved now. Um, it is the it is what is left. What's left at the wide receiver position? We know right now that the market is around $10 million for a starting wide receiver based on what we saw uh, this year. Julio Jones is available. <laughs> Come on. Julio Jones is often injured. He's 33 years old. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't touch him with a 50-foot pole. I like Jarvis Landry, but does he fit what Dennis Allen is looking for, which is a guy that, again, has some speed. He is a, a guy that will catch the football, but is more of a slot-type possession receiver that you would put opposite um, uh, Michael Thomas. Will Fuller is out there. He's 27 years old. He's got a little bit of speed to get downfield if necessary. T.Y. Hilton is, is a player like that, but he's 32 years old. Um, Cole Beasley is, is, again, an inside guy. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders knows the offense, right, uh, and a speed guy. Now, again, how much has he lost in terms of that speed? Uh, he's 35 years old, though. I mean, again, how much do you spend on a 35-year-old receiver? A.J. Green, 33 years old, often injured, uh, and – you know, at one time was thought to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but at time has suspect hands. His biggest problem is he can't stay on the field. Um, also, you get the Sammy Watkins, 28 years old. He's got the speed on the outside, again, if, if that's what you're looking for. Alan Hearns, 30 years old. Um, Deshaun Jackson, 35 years old. Uh, Amandola is an inside guy. Okay, he's 36 years old. Odell Beckham is 29, but he's coming off a, a knee injury. You know, what is he going to be looking for in, in, terms, of, in terms of money? Uh, Marquise Goodwin is 31 years old. Adam Humphrey is an inside guy, 28 years old. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, the, the former Falcon, okay, was with San Francisco. He's 32 years old. You know, again, how much speed does he still have left? D.D. Westbrook is 28 years old. Um, Demarion Bird is 29 years old. Um, so you've got some players out there still. The question is, as you go down this list of available wide receivers, uh, are the Saints looking for a veteran that, again, can play multiple positions for them, or are they looking for that guy like a Devery Henderson that could take the top off the, off the defense? We do know that in this upcoming draft, you've got 
again, a plethora of wide receivers that, again, can do different things for you. The top four guys are guys that, again, that, um, that, are, that are thought to be instant starters uh, for, for teams. So we'll see, again, how that plays out with the Saints. But they continue to be methodical, al- almost at a snail's pace in terms of signing free agents. Um, the good news is around the league right now, for the most part, things have slowed down. And I guess it's getting to the point where, again, the market value is where it's going to be. And now, and now again, players have to, have to figure out, okay, am I going to wait this out and see how things go? Or am I going to go ahead and sign for what, again, the market says that it is right now? And, look, the market is about $10 million for a wide receiver, a starting wide receiver. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. Look, I admit it. I've been impatient, okay, because I really think this team has a chance this year if they can fill the holes uh, on the offensive side with, again, bonafide quality weapons. I'm not talking about shopping at big lots. I'm not trying to pull undrafted agents. I don't want to rely on a bunch of rookies to come in and, and, have, and have to play, again, a, 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 a position like the wide receiver position for the Saints. Uh, you know, I still believe they need a starting running back. You have to figure out what's going to go on uh, with, with uh, the, the, the tackle position. Look, remember, when they re-signed Ryan Ramshack to, to his big deal, making him, again, one of the highest-paid right tackles in, in, in all of, uh, of football. It was really a, a, a contract for tackle because in the verbiage of, of the contract, he gets more money if they flip him to the left side. So that had to be in their plans, okay, for a possibility of doing that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, again, the one thing that, um, that uh, Dennis, Dennis, Allen, Dennis Allen talked a lot about today was you know, when, he, when, he, when they were talking about the left tackle, this is James Hurst. James Hurst. Hurst is a veteran. He's played the left side, the right side. He can play either side. Um, so uh, when you look at, at, at James Hurst, uh, he's a starter. Is he Toronto Armstead? Absolutely not. Today, as I've said many, many times, and, and again, a lot of you guys know that to follow, to follow the league, most teams have two bona fide pass rushers with, that are coming at you from the left and the right side. So you got to be good on the edges. Uh, Hurst has held his, has more than held his own with an opportunity to come in and play when, when again, when he's been pushed into the role, whatever role that's been since he's been here. Um, I would not surprise me, even with the need at wide receiver, if the Saints go after a, a big man in, in in the draft. This is supposed to be again a top-heavy draft in terms of offense and defensive linemen. With the, with the departure of uh, Teron Armstead going out and getting an offensive lineman that they can groom in the first in, in the first round, uh, maybe a guy that's an instant starter. Although again, I don't know if you want to put a uh, a rookie out there at left tackle, you know, with um, you know Jameis Winston coming back from a knee injury, but I can see them going after a tackle uh, in in the first round this year. I mean, again, it just going from there, ammo. Um, I also think it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them at 18 if, again, a lot of these big men come off the board, to not take a hard look at the top two or three receivers that will be out there, okay, uh, and which, again, maybe maybe you're getting three and four and five and six that are falling to you at 18. Uh, quarterback could be a possibility. I could see them, again, trading back into the late first round if there's a quarterback that they like and that quarterback drops, to, to again, to the, uh, to, to the back end of the first round. Especially for quarterbacks, you need that fifth-year option. You need to have five years with that quarterback. And I can say the same thing about an offensive lineman. Same thing. Same deal. You know, you get five years on that, on that, on that, uh, that first-round picks contract, 
And when you're dealing with offensive linemen or quarterback, you want to have that that extra year. So I can see both of those. But, look, the needs right now, we know, we all know. Uh, could be a safety situation if uh, ultimately um, Malcolm Jenkins retires. Uh, I'll say it again. The Honey Badger's still out there. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but, again, they did talk. he did talk a little bit about Sorensen today. Uh, they're not re-signing Jeff Heath. And I, I was worried that they were going to say, okay, if Jenkins retires, we'll, 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 we'll plug Sorensen in. No. Um, he is going to, going to be the Jeff Heath role, which is, again, a guy that came in uh, when they went to the dime package, right? Uh, also a big-time special teamer. Um, also, again, he played a little bit of, uh, of, of the dime linebacker at Kansas City. So, again, maybe that's the situation where they're looking at that as well. So he's going to take the, the, the role of Jeff Heath, who is no longer with the team. So that, that makes a lot more sense than bringing him in and saying, okay, if ultimately Jenkins retires, as it looks like it's going to. Again, he took a pay cut. NFL players don't take a pay cut. And a proud guy like Malcolm Jenkins is not taking a pay cut unless, again, he knows it's over and he's going to announce again a, a, his retirement post-June 1st, which is going to help the Saints with the cap. So we'll see, again, how that plays out. Look, the, the thing that you worry about more than anything else is it's a great locker room. you got some great leadership. Uh, like Malcolm Jenkins, don't like Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins has been a leader in, 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 in the locker room. Teron Armstead, injured, not on the field as much as he should be. Teron Armstead, a great leader in the locker room. That next, that next uh, wave of leaders have to start stepping up. Because, again, the leaders on this team are getting older. And they have to be able, again, to carry on the culture here in New Orleans. The culture that was started by Sean Payton. Again, really uh, really pushed forward by, by Drew Brees. And then passed down from generation to generation of Saints players under the Payton regime. New deal now. Dennis Allen's the head coach. Now we can go back and look at Dennis Allen and his time in Oakland. He mentioned it today. That, again, that, he, that he's, he is much more... Uh, comfortable with the situation now. He feels like he's much more experienced now than he was when he took that job in Oakland. And, and hopefully he will be because we don't know what type of coach he's going to be. We know the wrath of Peyton, right? We knew when you messed up on the sidelines, you came that, you came, when you messed up in the game, you came on the sidelines, you were getting an earful. We knew he was, again, a dynamic play caller who was not afraid, again, to, 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 um, uh, to take a chance. Uh, you knew that, okay? Especially, of course, you, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Uh, but in this case... We don't know who Dennis Allen is as, as, as a head coach. And, you know, again, how, that, how the culture changes are, if at all. Now, the one thing they've had is continuity, right? And I think, again, that's, that was the smartest move that this organization could make, trying to keep as many players together as they could. But there are still some holes on this roster, and especially on the offensive end. And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I'm saying this now on the 29th day of, of March. If they can fill the holes on the roster in terms of, again, the um, – the weapons that are necessary in offense uh, to surround Jameis Winston with weapons. And not like the, the, not the big lots uh, crew that they had last year, okay, where you were piecemeal on the, off, the, on the offense, the wide receiver position. Especially, again, with this cloud of Kamara possibly uh, missing games because of uh, the, the, uh, the, the fight in Las Vegas. They can fill this team with weapons on the offensive side. They got a chance to compete with anybody in the NFC. NFC is not that strong right now on paper. We'll see how, again, you can't never tell until you get into training camp, you see what the injuries are, what the teams look like after drafted free agency. Um, but right now, on paper, this team has got a Super Bowl-type defense. 
The question is, what are they going to do on offense? There also was a lot of conversation. I'll get into this more in, in the second hour about um, about uh, Jameis Winston and, and, and the coming, you know, the, the kumbaya, the organization and, and Jameis Winston. Well, let's just say this. I, I was not in favor of going after Deshaun Watson only because of, again, the off-the-field baggage. If you take the off-the-field baggage away from it and, and you tell me you got a chance at Deshaun Watson, top-five quarterback, you're going after him. Just thought the baggage was too much. Too much. Too much of a distraction for this team. Uh, this is not Sean Payton in charge. Uh, this, is, this is Dennis Allen in his, in his first time as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. But Jameis Winston had a chance to go elsewhere. He didn't. There was not a market for Jameis Winston. If there would have been a market for Jameis Winston, again, he probably would have gone elsewhere. Uh, he's coming off an injury. We'll see how it plays out. Jameis Winston has every opportunity now to be able to go in and then to be able to, again, uh, uh, set himself up for a big-time contract in two years. By the way, what I've been telling you all along has been true. Uh, it, it was reported by, um, uh, by Adam Schefter, I believe, uh, $14 million signing bonus, $15.2 million guaranteed. He did not get $21 million guaranteed. He got a two-year, $28 million contract. There's incentives there, but the only money that's guaranteed is about $15.5 million, and 14 of that is a signing bonus. So it was a win-win on both sides for the Saints and, and also for, uh, for Jameis Winston. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk more about this in the, in the second hour. We'll also talk about Gail Benson, who talked about a future arena for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get into that. Uh, a lot going on today, uh, again, with, uh, with the local teams. Uh, coming up next, it's going to be um, uh, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com. We'll talk to him about what's going on with the Final Four. We'll touch on LSU and Saints. Uh, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. If you're looking for a company you can trust when it comes to servicing your air conditioning heating system, think Burkhardt. Think Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, they've got 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home, and then, folks, Nate certified technicians only doing the work that's necessary. Uh, for a company you can trust, again, no matter what system you have at your home or your business, it's Burkhardt. ACpromise.com, ACpromise.com. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgaters Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgaters Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. You could live in a time loop where every day is Friday and boldly seasoned Mexican spiced nacho fries with warm nacho cheese sauce never leave the menu. But you don't have to. Nacho fries are back. Get them today, the next day, and the day after that at a participating Taco Bell location near you for a limited time only. Delays remain heavy if you're traveling 10 eastbound from Elysian Fields to Canal. Look out for delays on 10 westbound for more leans to Canal and delays pick back up 10 westbound. From Causeway to just past Clearview, if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection, look out for delays that are steady on, on the eastbound side along the Crescent City Connection and the Pontchartrain Expressway from Terry Parkway to the Camp Street exit. Look out for delays on the 310 going southbound from just before St. Rose to the Luling Hornville exit. In the meantime, look out for accidents, banks at South Dupree, also City Park Avenue at Moss, also Drexel at Pine. St. Claude at Music, also Chapatulas at Calliope and Willow at Felicity. I'm Ed Robinson, broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes, ensuring the safety of our community. 
JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Are you ready for the stifling New Orleans heat this year? Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to getting my AC ready each and every year, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Eating. With 30 years in the business, they really know what they're doing, and they can work on any AC system on the market. Burkhardt gets your system running right. They can find and fix the problems before you really need that AC this year. Schedule your tune-up now with Burkhardt at acpromise.com. acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring steak night, Wednesday, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filet. Friday nights, hot ball, crawfish, 6 p.m. till. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selections, delicious food, friendly staff sports, and hot ball crawfish. Circle up, team. We've got status. Evelyn's marketing consultancy client roster is skyrocketing. Okay, so this week is a biggie. We've got the pitch and three client meetings. She needs another analyst before her team's free time plummets. Who's running the competitive analysis on fruit snacks? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. How do you make the most of your land? If you ask the Wrens, who run with us on a John Deere mower, they tell you... I mow first, then I do all the trimming. But the Hubbards, who work behind the wheel of a John Deere compact tractor, would say... If it's something you want, just go after it and try it. Then there's the Mosers, who may mention from the seat of their John Deere Gator UTV... You can't be all working on play. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Join me on the program now from Outkick.com, Glenn Gilbo. Glenn, how are you doing? Hello, Eric. How are you, buddy? Doing great, Glenn. Are you in town or are you still up in BR? I am still in BR. I'll be getting into uh, town tomorrow. Oh, great. And, of course, uh, this what, what a big week for the city huh? and, and the state. And now people lose sight of you know, and I, I talked about it on social media. I've talked about it on the on, on the show. Uh, this is this final four. When we were we at any time we get these major sporting events here in the city, um, the taxes are spread out not just here in the city, in the metropolitan area, but all but it goes to the state. And a lot of times they go to the state, and then trickle back to the city. So this is really a huge week, not just for the city of New Orleans in terms of again hospitality industry. You know, putting a spotlight back on the city, uh, but the revenue that is going to be generated is going to help the state and the city. So again, one thing we're hoping for and praying for is peace. Number one, right? We don't we don't need an incident that it goes international here. But the other one is again that you know the, the hospitality industry is back. People coming in and, and, and enjoying what, what people do when they come to New Orleans, which they have a great time. No question. I mean, and it, and it kicks off the the spring in in, in New Orleans really because you got the Final Four without COVID for the first time right. in a couple of years and. And then French Quarter Festival, Jazz Fest coming up right behind it. So it's just an awesome time to be in the city. And, you know, the great, the great thing that I always love to hear 
when New Orleans is hosting a Super Bowl or the Final Four is when you hear from out-of-town media who have no ties to Louisiana or New Orleans, and they say that New Orleans is the best host for those type events. I, I watch the Packer and Durham show all the time about the uh, right. ACC, and those guys were just raving about New Orleans as, as a Final Four host, you know, and they, they have no ties to, to New Orleans. And, you know, the thing that the media like about New Orleans is that it, it's everything is so close together. You know, the yes. dome is right here. The quarter's right here. The restaurants are right here. You don't have to go far. Your hotel's here. Whereas, you know, when when we went when we were all in New or- in Miami for the Super Bowl, yep. I mean, when the Saints were in it, I mean, huh. you were all over the state. You know, it was ridiculous. And, you know, and that's and, how it and is the traffic was places. ridiculous, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the one thing I remember yeah. about Miami. I got so frustrated because we were doing a live, we were doing our live radio remote from Radio Row, which was in Fort Lauderdale. We we yeah. we we uh, we were on South Beach, okay, with our with our hotel, and to get the first couple of days wasn't bad. But, again, as you got into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was gridlock. As you mentioned, the beautiful thing about here is you can walk everywhere. You don't, I mean, if you want to oh, take yeah. a taxi, take the taxi, but you can walk. It's so walkable. Oh, there's no question. As soon as you – I've had guys from around the country tell me as soon as they get to their hotel, they, they never get in the car again, you know, unless it's a cab or right. something. So, sure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, other places I've been, you know, you might as well be in Baton Rouge and something's in New Orleans. That's what it was like when I was in Fort Lauderdale. That's right. No doubt. Bowl. So so everything is, you know, there's restaurants within walking distance. Every, everything is close. And New Orleans just knows how to host an event in, a, in addition yes. to knowing how to throw a party. They, they just they're Superdome people. They just have a history. New Orleans uh, people, Jay Cicero, they, they just have a. They, they know how to do it, whether it's a Final Four or Super Bowl or something else. And in a lot of cases, have set the standard, okay? I mean, again, a lot, of, a lot of cities are trying to emulate what we have here. They, can't, they don't have a French Quarter. They can't emulate that. They're trying. I mean, you look at what Tennessee did, right? Nashville. They've got their stadium, and, of course, they're really, uh, they're, their version of the French Quarter is just over the bridge, the Cumberland River. So, I mean, you know, and there's a walking bridge that you can go back and forth. So some places have tried to emulate it, but they, they, they can't. Not the hotels that, that again, are so densely uh, uh, um, in, in, a, in a dense area. Uh, the arena, the, the, uh, you look at the convention center, you look also at the, um, uh, at, at the, the dome. I mean, look, I think the farthest that, that, that the media is going to have to go to is to Xavier for the, the slam dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, that's right around the corner from the dome. Oh, yeah, right. and I forgot to. The, the most amazing thing on the Packer Durham show was one of them mentioned that they were going to Clancy's restaurant. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of a local place, man. Usually, right. you know, when the tourists talk about a restaurant, they'll say something like, uh, you know, Brandon's or Pat O'Brien's or something. You know? sure. Yeah, they, they, they mentioned Clancy's, so I thought that was awesome. Well, some of them are veterans, right? They've been here enough. They understand it and, and understand where to go. And that's the other thing. Sure. It's going to be a huge boost for our hospitality industry. And look, they're ready. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I know that, that, again, there's a little bit of shortage. And I'll have Scott Craig on tomorrow who could give us more of an insight. There is a little bit of shortage of, again, workers. But when we made it work for Mardi Gras, that was kind of the precursor to this. And, right. again, as I've said all week long, we can't pay for the advertising that we're getting on not just on a national basis, on an international basis. The word New Orleans, how much it is, it is said. You know, the, uh, the sights and sounds of the city that are going to be broadcast all over the world. You can't pay for that type of advertising. No, no. And, and uh, you know, Mardi Gras went off really, really well. 
Uh, and so it, it, that, that leads right in into this and, and, um, you know, every, everybody's going to be watching Saturday, uh, especially cause it's North Carolina yep. and Duke and, uh, you know, it, it's great. It, and it's about time, uh, you know, New Orleans has this kind of event without COVID. It's great timing. No, it is. And let's talk about the games. Villanova, Kansas. It's a blue blood. Uh, look, there have been times when, uh, you know, I, I, I like to have the Cinderella. Uh, but for the, for the city, for this time and this place, I'm glad it's a blue blood uh, Final Four because a lot more eyes are going to be on this Final Four now, and especially, again, as you mentioned, Duke, North Carolina. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, again, Kansas, Villanova, that's going to be a pretty good game in the first, in the first game. Oh, no question. Kansas, Kansas looked like an NBA team for about 15 to 20 minutes of their win on, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, Jay Wright and, and Villanova are very consistent, and they've, they've been one of the biggest powers in the game the last few years. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, we, we all had our fun with the Cinderella's during the opening rounds with St. Peter and, and uh, Arkansas from the SEC, though they really weren't uh, Cinderella. But uh, uh, Miami was the other Cinderella. But now it's yes. you know it's back to the real programs and the and, and the blue blood. So it's it's been a great tournament on on both ends. You know it's always great to have Cinderella, but then this this Coach K story has just been amazing. Yes, it has, and that's really again where the focus will be at least on for Saturday and maybe into Monday if if they if they advance. One thing I didn't realize: Duke, North Carolina never played in a Final yeah. Four before. This is a first. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember the first final. When I, I thought it was the first Final Four until I, I read an article in CrestedSports.com that said again back in the forties uh, the the, uh, the New Orleans hosted a Final Four. But I remember being in the dome for Michael Jordan's shot to begin to, to win against Georgetown, and this seems to have the, the the same type of uh, uh, of cachet as, as as that as that big game back in back in '82, with again now Duke and North Carolina uh, going at it, two ACC foes in the dome uh, for a chance to be able to go to the, the the national championship on Monday. Wait a second, the Final Four in New Orleans in the '40s. In the Brown '40s, yes. Where was it held? Uh, I have to go back and look again, but uh, uh, but it was. Um, there was one in the forties. Yes, matter of fact, I, I, if I can find it before we get off off the air, I, w- I will um, I will let you know about it. But yeah, it was on ChristieSports.com uh, that uh, wow. we had one before previous that, and I never do that. I knew we had we had a final four in the forties. I did not either. Yeah, I thought that that one with eighty two. Yeah. Thought eighty two was, was the first one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, eighty two, and then you had the great one in eighty seven with uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bobby Knight winning it. Um, but uh, you know, and Coach K. You know, he's won five national championships, and he's been to 13 Final Fours NCAA record. He's not won a national championship in New Orleans, and I don't think he's been to a Final Four in New Orleans either. That's kind of amazing, the the, yeah. uh, the odds of that since he's gone to 13. And, you know, the first Final Four he went to, Dale Brown was at. That was in 86 mm-hmm. in, yep. in Dallas. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely exciting. You know, Coach K is going to – is going to end his career in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be amazing. That that's going to kind of go down with the uh, you know the Muhammad Ali fight in, in in New Orleans and so forth. And that, that's going to be one of the milestone moments. Tulane Gymnasium was where it was held. It was a different. It was 1942. There were eight teams, not 68 teams in the field. There was no term Final Four uh, back at that time. Uh, Dartmouth, Illinois, Kentucky, Penn State were sent to New Orleans for the East Regional back in 1942. 
Uh, so okay. and then there was a West Regional back in Colorado, Kansas, Rice, and Stanford. So uh, that's that's long before again we had a tournament like it is, but it was um, it was actually Tulane. They were playing at Tulane. Wow, wow. Well, technically that might be the national championship game, not the not the Final Four. But uh, right. and, and thanks okay. to Lenny Van Gilder, <laughs> he's the one that yeah. that that, uh, that did the research. He does a great job for CrestonSports.com. So that's still very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been writing a lot about North Carolina and and Duke over the over the weekend. There's some stories up on that on uh, on Outkick, uh, but yeah, I didn't know that either. I mean, they they they've been in the same NCAA tournament 36 times. This is the 37th time and first time wow. that they're really? going to actually play. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there was another time. There was another time that they almost were going to play, but somebody got beat uh, in the round before. But uh, yeah, and they've met 257 times overall <laughs> since 1920. Uh, and and how cool is this? You know, it's Coach K's last Final Four, and it's the North Carolina coach's first Final Four. So right. one's on the out, Hubert Davis, and, and the other one just starting it up. Man, it's what you know that that's the ultimate basketball rivalry as well. Oh, there's no doubt. And how far are they from each other? Um, what is it? Eight 20, miles. 30 miles. What is it? Eight, eight miles. Eight miles. Eight, eight miles. miles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's crazy. The, yeah, and the guys, uh, you know, now with AAU ball, you know, the the players aren't enemies like they used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. They 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 know each other from AAU ball, and they actually play during the summer at each other's gyms. You know, the Duke and North Carolina kids because they're because they're so close. So uh, yeah, that's got to be. You know, of all the rivalries there are, I mean, what two schools are that close? I mean, that's, right. that's like Tulane and Loyola having the. Yeah, no, it is. It is. No, it's, it's crazy. But, but, and again, the, the you know, ACC, uh, the, you can talk about the SEC as the class of football in college, in college football. When it comes to college basketball, ACC is king. There's, there's, there's oh, no other way around it, you know, and, and it's been traditionally that way and it continues that way even still today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, Throughout the NCAA tournament, the ACC teams beat, I think, were 8-0 and against uh, or had eight wins against the Power Five or six conferences, Power Five plus the Big East. The SEC had no wins against those teams. So, so you know, the SEC looked really strong early on, mm-hmm. but uh, in the end, the ACC was just much better. Did, did I, I thought I, I heard this over the weekend in one of the games. The yes, I think it was in the Arkansas game, that there wasn't, there hasn't been an SEC champion since 2012. Is is that correct? The uh, an, an SEC champion in the in the uh, national yeah, uh, a, a national champion yeah, right. since 2012. Right, I think uh, yeah, I think that was uh, Kentucky in 2012. Is the, is the right. last SEC? I champion. mean, that's that's a long time. Yeah, now you had that's all a long time. Four in 2019, mm-hmm. and you've had Kentucky in some Final Fours since then. But yes. yeah, they have not knocked it off. But Arkansas had a great season, though. They were they were they really did. fun to watch. Yes, they were. Uh, who do you like? Who do you like uh, in, in Kansas, Villanova? Who do you like? I like Kansas in that game, but I mean, it's it's a coin flip. But Villanova lost their their shooting guard to that injury mm-hmm. with 36 seconds. I mean, that, oh that yes. Was, game was over it was just kind of a freak thing mm-hmm. so that's probably going to hurt them i like kansas and um boy you got to go with coach k i mean you know just it, the emotion right due. yeah he's and he's due for a championship you know he wins mm-hmm. one every several years his last one was 2015 you know so he's about he's about due and and it's just it's just too magic of a of a story 
It'd be just like John Wooden. You know, John Wooden announced yes. his retirement at the mm-hmm. Final Four and then before the after the semi, and then, then he won the national championship in 75, and, and that was it, 10 national championships. So Coach K made his announcement over the summer, and, and, and he would win his six as he goes out. You know, that would, that yep. would just be like if somebody was writing a book. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Glenn, thanks as always for joining us. Uh, have a great time here in New Orleans covering the, uh, uh, the Final Four. For folks who want to keep up with you as, you've, as you cover the uh, Final Four, how can they follow you on social media? And what you got coming, for, uh, coming up for us on OutKick? Uh, OutKick.com, a free website, and uh, LSU Beat Tweet. I'm going to have uh, some features on the, uh, on the tournament throughout the week. There's a story up I did on Miles Brennan uh, and, and spring football. That's up there right now. Uh, but a- after that, uh, just, just basketball the rest of the week uh, through next week and then catch up with some spring football next week. And uh, I'll, yep. I'll, hopefully I'll bump into you this week, Eric. There you go, brother. All right, Glenn. Look, have a great week here. Enjoy it. Uh, again, this, look, this is this is fun for the media as well. The media looks forward, as you mentioned, they look forward to coming to New Orleans. So, again, you'll see a lot of media members out. It'll be a very, very festive time here in the city. Oh, no question. This, this is one of the favorite media stops for for sports riders everywhere including those of us from new orleans yes no doubt about it thanks brother always appreciate the time all right man uh glenn gilbo uh, at lsu beat tweet on twitter hey don't forget about my friends over at southern tire hickory and airline in metairie look uh there's a lot of tire stores out there right now but there's not a lot of tire stores out there that have been around since 1972 and there's a reason why the Piazza family have been, again, been in business since 1962. They take care of their customers. Again, it doesn't matter where you live in the metropolitan area. If you're looking for, again, the largest selection of tires, that one that will fit everyone's budget, uh, and, of course, financing available, you're talking about tires and wheels up to 30 inches, you think Southern Tire. And then, of course, if your vehicle is out of warranty and you're looking for a mechanic tra- shop you can trust, again, you don't hang around in this town since 1972 repairing cars if you're not doing your customers right. They have ASC certified technicians, same diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership, but then you have the Piazza family standing behind it. As I've said before, Tony Sr. is there, Tony Jr. is there, uh, Tony's wife, his daughter, all part of, again, uh, uh, the, the Piazza family that's there on premises every single day. Some of the mechanics have been with them for over a decade. So if you want a company you can trust when it comes to your vehicle, whether you're looking for tires and wheels or you're looking for, again, a repair on your on your vehicle, think Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline in Metairie open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. You go to southerntire.com, check out all the service they provide for their customers, including, again, a diagnostic page where maybe you can troubleshoot what's wrong with your vehicle. It's Southern Tire, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Opelie. 
Southern Tire, family owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. Whether it is your personal vehicle or a fleet account, at Southern Tire, we treat your vehicle like our own. At Southern Tire, we have all the latest diagnostic equipment and ASE certified technicians the dealerships have without the dealership prices. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Call Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Meet Bob Manetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Thanks so much for being there. I want to thank Glenn Gilbo for his, his time today. Certainly appreciate it. Big week here in New Orleans for the Final Four. Uh, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a new system, think Burkhardt. Look, you're going to go out and get a price. You should. I mean, again, I'm just telling you, you, you should. You should go out and get a price from multiple companies. But, again, you got to weigh, again, what you're going to get service after the sale as well. 
Burkhardt, again, experts in installation of air conditioning heating systems. Uh, again, um, they're authorized to sell some of the top brands in the industry. Uh, again, when it comes to, again, uh, measuring your home, they use the latest in technology. And then, of course, uh, again, the service after the sale. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home. Nate certified technicians, only doing the work that's necessary. Never gouge you, never cheat you. That's peace of mind right there. So, again, when you're looking for a new unit for your home or your business, let Burkhardt give you a price. acpromise.com, acpromise.com. All right, second hour coming up. we got Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about the Saints. We'll talk some Pels as well, all that coming up. Uh, here on Inside New Orleans, I'm your host, Eric Asher. Stick around. Your station for prep sports year-round. We are best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Meet Bob Minetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of -of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called, and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline.
What we've got here is failure to communicate. Stick to the truth is what you're good at. Number two of Inside New Orleans, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. Eric Asher taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Thanks so much for being there. iHeart Radio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms on the World Wide Web at Nash FM 106.1 and ericasher.com. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but we're on your favorite podcasting platform and our social media platforms at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook. Inside New Orleans show on Instagram. Ross Jackson joins me from Locked on Saints podcast at 535. Thanks to Glenn Gilbo for joining us in the last hour. Jude Young of uh, CrestedSports.com and 106.1 FM joins us here on the uh, award-winning Inside New Orleans sports this week, so make sure you check that out as well. And, um, of course, a lot going on. First of all, uh, for those that are just jumping in the car, I uh, haven't had a chance to check your phones. Andy Dalton has signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Saints to be their backup quarterback. Uh, there's $6 billion in incentives there. Uh, we told you about Traquan Smith yesterday. Um, that uh, He has signed a two-year deal, $6 million. It's a $2 million signing bonus, $2 million guaranteed. Uh, also, again, we told you last week that, uh, you know, only because, look, I, I didn't have it, okay? Uh, I think it was Adam Schefter. Or uh, um, um, one one of the uh, national correspondents mentioned that uh, Jameis Winston's contract, uh, two years, $28 million, not $21 million guaranteed as first first reported uh, by, I believe, Placerio. It was was uh, Jeremiah, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, that that reported. It's actually two years, $28 million, $14 million signing bonus, 15.2 guaranteed. So that's a long way from 21 guaranteed. Uh, a lot of incentives that that are that are in this contract. I'm not. I, I have those, um, but I don't want to bore you with all the different incentives that he's got. But again, he plays well. He makes a lot of money. He plays well. He's going to get a second contract from the Saints. He plays well. He's given an opportunity to put himself out on the open market if he chooses to, and, and going to make big quarterback money. So we'll see how again that that plays out with Jameis Winston going forward. Uh, but again, he has a backup and 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 honestly, um, an upgrade. I, I believe. Trevor Simeon came in and played really well for, for the Saints last year. Um, you know, and was uh, really played better than I thought he could have. But uh, Andy Dalton um, is a guy that I've always liked. Um, 
when he was in his prime with Cincinnati, he was one of the best quarterbacks on a bad team. You know, related to Archie Manning in a lot of cases. Um, but he signs a one-year, $3 million deal, $6 million incentives in case, again, there is an injury. Uh, Jameis Winston says that uh, he is on track to be uh, be ready for um, uh, for camp. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Dennis Allen met the media today. Uh, he talked about several things. He talked about, first of all, that uh, Taysom Hill now will move to the tight end role. He'll be the, he'll be the F, F tight end. Uh, no more quarterback for Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm going to have Ross Jackson on the bottom of the hour. He's going to explain it, but I explained it to the audience in the first hour. If you remember, it was a, was it? Uh, the, the, the contract was based on, it was an incentive-based contract based on whether he was going to play uh, tight end, running back, jack-of-all-trades, or quarterback. The quarterback incentives go away. And, and, I, and I went through those extensively in the first hour. If you want to check that out, check out the podcast if you missed the first hour of the program. But it, essentially, he got $21 million guaranteed, and he, got, he gets $10 million a year. So that puts him in about seventh in terms of, again, tight ends. That also, again, alleviates the need for the Saints to go out and get a veteran tight end. I've been talking about a veteran tight end all offseason long. And moving him to the tight end position now solidifies that position for you. Uh, plus, he can play multiple positions. And look, Troutman is going – this could be a year that Troutman, who coming out of a small school, maybe, he, again, he emerges. I'm not giving up. And, and look, Jawan Johnson, he's, a, he's an interesting uh, uh, player because he's a tweener. Um, he's not a guy that's going to be out there blocking for you. But he's a guy that, again, can, can get open and can catch the football. So we'll talk about that. You know, we'll see how that goes as, as we get closer to, to, to um, OTAs, mini camps, et cetera. One question that wasn't asked to um, Dennis Allen, which, again, if I would have been in, in Florida, I would have asked, is because he's a brand-new coach, he gets an opportunity to go to OTAs a week before uh, uh, the, the rest of the, uh, of the NFL. All, all teams that have new coaches get, get, a, get a, an opportunity to go a little bit early. Is he going to take advantage of that? You know, brand, uh, not a brand-new coach there, but a brand-new head coach. Uh, last year, uh, in the last two years, they, have, they haven't participated in OTAs. It hasn't been mandatory. Uh, but, again, this year with no COVID, they're going to be back at the facility. Uh, so, hopefully, this will be a situation where they take advantage of that and get on, get on the practice field because I think that hurt them last year. I really do. Sorensen signed. Again, I would mentioned that I hope that he wasn't going to be uh, the, the – uh, Heir apparent for P.J. Williams, who maybe they won't resign. I hope they resign P.J. Or, again, moves into Malcolm Jenkins' spot as he is expected to retire. Uh, today, uh, Dennis Allen talked about the fact that, again, he's taking that Jeff Heath role. So he's going to play a lot of special teams. Uh, he can play a nickel, nickel uh, a linebacker if necessary. So, again, he'll come in and do what Jeff Heath did last year when they go to the dime package. Uh, he said wide receivers a need. But he mentioned in the in the in the – in the, in the scope of his comments today, that they, they need a wide receiver with speed, somebody that can take the top off the defense. So maybe that's the direction they're going. In the first hour, I went through the wide receivers that are available, ages. You know, right now it looks like about $10 million is the, uh, is the going rate for a top wide receiver. Uh, there are still some good ones on there, but there are some ones that have been a little long in the tooth as well. Um, so maybe on whether the Saints are going to go in and um, – Get a, a wide receiver in, in free agency, and then once again in in the uh, in the draft. That's that's the way I figure it's going to go. We'll see how that plays out. They're probably just waiting on on the market to just, to just bottom out. Uh, he did say again that uh, he likes the, the the team augments the the, the the roster through free agency, and then they build the rest of the roster through the draft. 
Uh, as far as the left tackle goes, he did do his non-committal on whether Ryan Ramchak was going to flip to the left side. Although, again, when he signed that contract, $19 million a year, there was verbiage in the contract that, again, his contract increases if he moves to the left tackle position. James Hurst can play that position if necessary. Um, I can also see them drafting a, 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 a tackle. Uh, and if they do that, I think it's going to be high, uh, depending on, again, where, you know, this is a big man's draft. So, you know, if you're going to take, what, the fifth best tackle or you're going to take the second best wide receiver. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, he said he went to California to meet Michael Thomas. That has a lot to do with the, the fact that he's been a defensive coach. And there is a line of demarcation between defense and offense, uh, even though, again, you're on the same team, right? Uh, so he wanted to get to know him. When he, was, he was rehabbing out there. Uh, and uh, so that was a situation where, uh, you know, he just he wanted look, I'm not going to say you got to coddle Michael Thomas, but obviously, again, th- there, was a, th- there was issues with Michael Thomas with this team over the last couple years. Uh, he says he's ready to go. He's ready to play. Uh, Peyton's not here anymore. We'll see how it plays out. As far as the offense goes, Allen said that keeping uh, Carmichael, Pete Carmichael was important. Uh, we're going to see how, we're going to see the real Pete Carmichael now, right? There's no Peyton shadow, no Peyton in his ear. Him, again, um, having the guts enough to make the tough call, right? I mean, that takes guts as an offense coordinator. Make the tough call. So, again, in the past, you know, Peyton's been the one to check off all that. Uh, as far as the knowledge of the offense, nobody's got more knowledge of that offense than, 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 than Pete Carmichael. So we see how that kind of plays out. Uh, one thing that was mentioned today by, um, by Gail Benson, she was asked about a new arena uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And if you remember, Dennis Lauscher kind of brought this up about two or three months ago where he said they'd like to have a brand-new arena. Um, you know, they're not going to hold the state of Louisiana hostage for a brand-new arena. Well, they were even thinking about maybe putting that arena on the riverfront. To me, I would not, and I've said this before. Um, first of all, the state is not flush with cash, and, and neither is the city coming off two years of pandemic. And we know, again, the money that is generated uh, you know, through, uh, through the hotel motel tax that goes to a portion of that goes to the city now, a portion of that goes to the state, but again, the large lion's share of that go, goes to the uh, Superdome Commission to be able to continue to be able to upgrade the Superdome, uh, to put also to put on events, also again uh, to to upgrade the arena. Um, it'll be interesting again how they're going to play this out. If it was me, I would ultimately tear the arena down, have the Pelicans play in the Superdome for a couple seasons since it's right there. I mean, you can you know, move the UNO; it's ten thousand seats. Can't do that. I mean, there's really no other arena that you can really bring, put them in. We want the Baton Rouge for uh, for two years. Get out of it. Nobody's doing that. The dome can 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 dome. Had the had the uh, jazz for four years. There's a configuration that again it's going to be a, it's a big arena now, but there's a configuration you could put them in the dome for a couple seasons while you rebuild a new arena in that footprint. You got a beautiful footprint there, right, right there with, with Champion Square. Obviously, again the hotels that feed that, as well as a, as well as the dome and the arena right there. I would not change that. That is a perfect setup. But she was uh, she, Gail Benson was asked about it today. They have, remember the Pelicans have two years left on their deal uh, in, in the arena. She said, I quote, you know, that's in the future. We're trying to look, we're trying to look for now. We're talking about it, but we've, and we've been talking about it, but hopefully at the right time we'll make that decision. But for now, we're just focusing on renovating what we have, which is, again, we're still renovating the Superdome and we're doing upgrades at the arena. 
Again, remember that you know that the Caesar Superdome is in the middle of $450 million in renovations, which is supposed to be complete by the time the Super Bowl comes in 2025. Uh, the, Saints, uh, uh, the Saints put up $150 million of that $450 million to be able to, again, upgrade the, uh, the, 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 uh, the dome. Smoothie King Center was bare bones when they when, when they built it. Look, we know this, okay? Now, since then, they've upgraded it. It's still one of the older arenas in the NBA. And, and, and again, when it comes to amenities, they just don't have what other NBA arenas have. Uh, it's 22 years old. Uh, we'll see, again, how this, this plays out. But, again, that's something food for thought down the line there. As, as mentioned, I, I would... I would put them in the dome for a couple seasons and just and build a state-of-the-art arena with, again, hopefully uh, the uh, – hopefully, again, the Saints – I'm sorry, the, hopefully the, the Pelicans' ownership along with, the, you know, city and state all coming together to be able to put that – to get money together. Pelicans have signed Auburn guard Jared Harper on a two, two-way deal. Uh, he's with the Pelicans' G League team. He's from – you know, as I mentioned, from Auburn. Uh, again, he's been the, kind of the uh, focal point of that, that Birmingham team, the squadron. Uh, that's because Jose Alvarado, as we mentioned yesterday on the program, gets a four-year, $6.5 million deal, $3.4 million guaranteed uh, for a guy that was an undrafted free agent, came in and worked his way into the, in, in, into the roster and then into the lineup and has been a mainstay for this team. I do not know where they would be without having Jose Alvarado on this team. And I mentioned it yesterday as we talked about the Pels. Uh, you talk about Herb Jones. Uh, you, you, you talk, talk about Trey Murphy. You talk about Alvarado. These three young players and what they have meant to this team down the stretch, how they have grown within the culture, and this draft looks like a fantastic draft. Now, um, the, the, he's going to get $1.5 million for the rest of the season. That's on top of the $800,000 that he's already made. And also he got an endorsement deal as well with Waiter. So, you know, congratulations to him. Before I go to the phone lines, I do want to mention – um, the NFL overtime rules have been changed. Uh, both teams now will have an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball one time, the next score wins. This is a weird one. If the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner. So that, that's interesting. But, again, uh, both teams will at least have a chance to possess the ball unless there's a – uh, obviously, it was a safety uh, that uh, that happens uh, going forward. Jackson River Ridge. Jack called us at two six zero one zero six one. Jack, how you doing? Hey, Eric. Um, this isn't why I called, but since since you just brought it up, the overtime rules. That I think that was a an, an overreaction to what happened with Buffalo. And, and just so you know, I was invested in Buffalo. That cost me a couple hundred dollars. However, right. if they couldn't if they couldn't stop them from scoring a field goal in thirteen seconds, they don't deserve another try. I'd like to see both teams possess the ball at least once. Okay, at least once. Now, I know the Saints, you know, they won the NFC Championship, again, without Minnesota having a chance to possess the ball. But I would like to see both teams at least have an opportunity to possess the ball. That's all. I mean, after that, again, it's wide open. Right. And, Eric, I got a younger brother who's going to be distraught to – Finally, figure out that uh, Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Not a table. Uh, I got a bunch of buddies that, that right now are probably crying in their beer because he's not a quarterback. I think you and I knew that from day one, right? It, you know, it, it was pretty obvious. You know, I thought it was. I saw. I saw him playing college, and I wasn't blown away by him as a quarterback in college. Mm-hmm. And he was always hurt. So, always, that was the problem. He was always hurt. Yes. Um, but uh, the, the real reason I called is, you know, yesterday, and, and you've talked about it before. 
um, you're you're not the only one. You're upset about some of the stuff gets just gets written about the Pelicans. Okay, but but Eric, it wasn't that long ago. Some of the stuff that some of the stuff that they said, you know, is not untrue. It wasn't that long ago that that you were saying that the team was an afterthought. Now that's changed in Absolutely. the last six months. It's changed. It's changed since the, since the since the coach took over. You know, since Willie Green got here, I think things are just. And like you were just talking about the draft and everything, but I guess my question though is, what real damage do you think that does? Because I mean, like for instance, when when free agents decide to come here, do you think that they're listening to Stephen A. Smith, or do you think they they might make a call to some of the guys on the team? They might like see like when CJ came here, he said, "I noticed all the young talent. I talked to the guys. Yeah, I'm happy to be here." I mean, don't you think that's the kind of stuff that really matters? Well, I think you got to have. I think in today's NBA, especially in the small markets, you got you got you got to either have a winning program, or again, uh, be in a situation where you have won, and I think that that goes a long way. This team was the stepchild of, of the New Orleans Saints, and also again the horse racing stables. There's no doubt about it. For a long time, once Mr. Benson died, Gail Benson, this was kind of her baby since day one, right? She's taken more of an interest. She gave, she put the money up to upgrade the facilities. She put the money up to be able to be able to make sure that again whatever David Griffin needed, he could get. Now David Griffin sucked the first couple of years as general manager. He has turned it around this this past year to make this team competitive on, on his moves. There's no doubt about it. He pushed all the right buttons, but yeah, look, I, I think, look, you can't continue to talk the narrative again. We don't support basketball in New Orleans. New Orleans is not a basketball city. New Orleans is a football city, and let that resonate from sea to shining sea. And then that individuals around the around the the country who have no idea what's happening down here are not going to regurgitate that. You know, again, I keep hearing you know New Orleans to Seattle, New Orleans to Seattle. This, the Pelicans aren't going to Seattle. Okay, the Pelicans will be here until Ms. Benson dies, and then they're going to be again. They're going to be sold, and hopefully, to sold to a to a to a local owner. So, that, that the, again, the noise from the national media does not help. It doesn't help the narrative here in New Orleans. You know, Eric, I, I, I guess I don't I don't pay attention to as many of them as you do, honestly, because the one you know I hear Greenberg in the morning, and he he loves the Pelicans. He he, he sees the young mm-hmm. talent. I listen to the uh, the guys on TBS at night and on the on the NBA Network, and I don't right. really see I don't hear criticism from them. Um, but you know, it's silly. But yeah, but there know. are there are talking heads out there that again they have a bullseye on New Orleans, and that's the frustration. Look, I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, Jack, I don't watch these programs, okay? I get this on secondary on social media, right? right? I just don't because, again, to me, the national media is so uneducated about what's happening in the city of New Orleans with our teams. So if you look at what's going on with the, with the teams that are domiciled here, how can I believe what they're saying about teams that are domiciled elsewhere unless it's New York, Okay which is, again, the, a lot of the focus of, of, these, of these national correspondents. I, mean, I, I think they read something, hear something, they regurgitate it, and put their own spin on it. Yeah. Well, Eric, I can't say, I can't say this so much for basketball, but, but I, and I know you're going to disagree because you have, you have a bunch of these guys on. Mm-hmm. But honestly, big stories don't get broken by the local media. They never do. No. Not, uh, not, and not they, they, they won't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that, but that, that, that is a organizational um, uh, decision. They, they could pass off 
again some of these some of these um, stories, some of these breaking stories to to the local media. At one time that happened. But this organization, after they won the Super Bowl, Sean Payton felt like we're no longer just, a, again, small market New Orleans. We're a big-time organization. We're a national team now. And, again, we are, our, our, anything that happens within our team should be broke by, the, again, national correspondence. And so that's, that, that was the, the shift that we saw. That, that continues with David Griffin in a lot of cases, right, who, again, was a national media member when he was out of basketball. He's got his ties to uh, national media, and that continues out that, that way. Look, I don't cover the team, but if I did, I'd be pissed off. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm out there toiling every day at the facility, and, 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 and the national media is getting all, getting all, getting all, the, um, uh, all the big stories. Hey, look, one last question, and I'll get out. Um, I think David Griffin has done a much better job drafting than he has had making trades. You think yep. maybe he should hand, hand that off to somebody else in the, in the organization? Because I'm thinking about this. The, the, the Drew Holiday trade was garbage, mm-hmm. and, and so was the trade with Hol- with uh, Ball last, last uh, right. this year. I don't think those worked out very well. But, I mean, I think the, the draft picks, for the most part, have been very good. And Eric, I wonder how much Trajan I- Langdon has his hands on, on the draft as well as free agency. I think that a, a lot of the, the, the situation with David Griffin this year was he knew his, his head was on a chopping block and he had to make something happen, and, and he made the right deal. Bringing in Valachunas was the right deal. Bringing in C.J. McCollum was the right deal for this team. Uh, you know, you look at some, at some of the other, other you know, peripheral things. Obviously, the draft was incredible. That really put him over the top when you want to talk about the draft. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll see. Look, this is a, this is a, we've seen three years, right? Two of the three years he has not performed well as a general manager, vice president of basketball operations. He hit, he hit, uh, he hit goal this past season. Uh, with, again, what he's been able to do. Let's see what happens going forward now. Uh, first of all, with the Zion situation, how they're going to deal with that, how they're going to handle the Zion situation. And, and then, of course, this roster now is young enough. It's going to grow. I mean, you've got guys that are young. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, when you talk about the, the, the young guys, that uh, like a Jackson Hayes, you talk about the rookies that have come in. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram's still a young player. Uh, so this is a team that can grow together. Uh, but i got to tell you, uh, getting the guys like Larry Nance, bringing in a C.J. McCollum, to a lesser degree of Devontae Graham, I think they ask him to do too much. Valanciunas, I don't know where this team would be without Valanciunas right now. So i, I got to give credit where credit's due. Look, I gave him a lot of grief because he kept screwing up. This year he's done a great job. Well, thank you, Aaron. Have a good evening. Always appreciate the call, Jack. Thanks so much. To Ralph in River Ridge. Ralph, welcome to the show. How's it going, Eric? So, uh, hey, Ralph. I'm in. Couple, couple comments for you, Eric. Sure. Uh, the arena deal. I think the, I think the Pelicans are going to get a new arena eventually, and I think it's going to go across from the convention center and that piece of empty that, property, not, not the Mardi Gras world property, the one right. where the uh, the trucks go. Um, I just I just don't see them uh, being able to do any more renovations than they have already done to the current arena, I, and I don't see the um, Superdome hosting the Pelicans, considering the amount of events that they have going on. Uh, outside of the uh, uh, Saints' regular season. And just looking at how much they've had to do just to bring in the Final Four, bringing the bleachers closer. You remember the old mm-hmm. configuration was simple. They'd pull those bleachers out, and it'd be able to be uh, uh, set up for basketball. Now it's set for football and only football, so they have to bring in other bleachers. And I just don't see right. that as a cost-effective deal. Uh, as far as Taysom Hill goes, yeah, he was always the F tight end. I don't understand. Maybe they thought that uh, – he could have played quarterback. He sucked in college as a quarterback. Uh, I just don't, didn't see the, the need for him being a quarterback. 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the Pelicans go from here. You know, is this just a fluke season, or are we going to see some real good basketball coming forward? I think we're going to – let me take the last one first. I think we're going to see some good basketball going forward because I think you got players that can grow together. Now, look, the culture is what is what is sustainable. And we saw, we saw that with Peyton when he came to New Orleans. We've seen it, again, sustain itself for, what, 16 years? I mean, we had a few dips, okay, but that was because of bad drafting more than anything else, bad personnel decisions. Um, the core of this team is, is, is under contract. you got to figure out what you can do with Zion. Okay, uh, to me, Zion is not part of this culture right now. He's been away. How's he fit going forward? But they got some young players that are going to continue to grow. Um, this upcoming draft, if they do get the uh, get uh, Los Angeles pick, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, how active they'll be in free agency, I don't know. But they, they got a nice nice core here right now that I think that this is the beginning of something special. And I'm not saying they're going to go and be be Memphis next year, right? But, again, a lot of that depends on Zion, what happens with him on, on, on the next step, because if they trade Zion, they're bringing in players. Okay, how does that fit with the culture? On, 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 the, on the arena thing, that's what we keep hearing, right? I mean, even Lausha talked about, again, putting that new arena on the river. Um, my, my deal is, man, you got a perfect configuration right there, Ralph. I mean, everything is right there for you. Arena, dome, et cetera, you know, uh, you've got the uh, Champion Square, et cetera. I would hate to see them abandon that. Now, it'd be interesting, again, if they do uh, move on and, and they implode that building and move elsewhere, what they do with that plot of land that will be there in the future. But, I mean, again, to me, it's it a, a different situation. They'll make it a helicopter pad again. They'll make it a helicopter pad? Yeah, remember before, okay. before they built that Yeah, window. no, and I remember what it was before, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, <laughs> again, it's going to have to come down to uh, how, much is, how, much is, how much is Mrs. Benson willing to put up this time around, okay? Uh, you've got two years post-pandemic. Post, um, uh, uh, the city and the state are not, are not in a position now to be able to put the type of money they're putting up to renovate the Superdome. You even heard Ms. Benson in her comments say that, again, we're concentrating on, on, on doing upgrades right now. But eventually, that arena will have, will, unlike the Dome, which, again, you can continue, continue to be able to upgrade, uh, it, it's going to reach its apex, and you're not going to be able to do any more to it. As it is now, as, as you know, the, the, when you talk about amenities, it's not even close to the amenities you see in some of the other NBA arenas. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. But I just like the footprint where it's at right now, Ralph. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that, that, that's the whole reason why they, the Super Bowl loves coming to New Orleans so much. It's why these big major events, just because of the close proximity to the French Quarter, the hotels, the food. I agree with you, but I just don't see. I mean, I, unless unless the Superdome is willing to give up other events, just so the no, I, I think it's a valid point you make. And then the other valid point you made is again, since the change of the configuration from again an all-purpose stadium to football now, where again back when the Jazz is, they rolled the the, the, the bleachers out, and you were able to conf- configure that over to a um, uh, to a um, uh, a uh, a basketball arena. Uh, it, it's a little bit more difficult now. So. But there's no else to play. So the only other, other deal would be build the arena and, and, then, and then move when the arena's finished uh, to, to, to outside, of the, um, outside of the original footprint. Yeah, and then you have a vacant, you have a vacant uh, facility that would probably only be used for concerts. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. I agree. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate, 
Appreciate the phone call, my man. So I got to got to run the break, running behind here. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Don't forget about our friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Your AC breaks, you should think acpromise.com. That's North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. You're looking for a company you can trust. It's Burkhardt. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. Truly a company you can trust. It's Burkhardt, acpromise.com. We'll be right back with Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives. Available 24-7. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Look out for an accident blocking the shoulder on the 610 on the eastbound side at St. Bernard. And look out for delays on the 610 on the eastbound side from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. On the westbound side, your delays are steady from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. Be mindful of delays if you're traveling along 10 eastbound from just past the Bonnet Carry Spillway to the airport. In the meantime, look out for an accident blocking the left lane on 10 eastbound at Williams, and delays pick back up 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise. 10 westbound, your delays are steady from North Claiborne to Canal, and delays pick back up on 10 westbound from Causeway to just past Clearview. If you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City Connection, and the Pontchartrain Expressway, delays stretch from Stumpf Boulevard to the Claiborne Earhart exit. On the westbound side of the Pontchartrain Expressway, delays are solid from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. Look out for delays in the 310 going southbound from just before St. Rose to the Luling Hornville exit. And look out for accidents, Annunciation at Calliope, also Decatur at St. Peter, also Napoleon at South Robertson. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center. Are you ready for the stifling New Orleans heat this year? Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to getting my AC ready each and every year, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Eating. With 30 years in the business, they really know what they're doing, and they can work on any AC system on the market. Burkhardt gets your system running right. They can find and fix the problems before you really need that AC this year. Schedule your tune-up now with Burkhardt at acpromise.com. acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soup, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. 
Sports Beat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring steak night, Wednesday, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filet. Friday nights, hot ball, crawfish, 6 p.m. till. Private room available. Sports Beat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sports Beat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selections, delicious food, friendly staff, sports, and hot ball crawfish. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. And get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti, in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana don't forget about Dave Mead Insurance. It's a full-service sur- independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and the River Parishes. Dave Mead Insurance is your one-stop shop for all your insurance needs. And if you're looking for an insurance specialist, you got it over at Dave Mead. You want to save? Call Dave. 504-556-0809. Come, come on. Well, you can head over to his um, office on um, Veterans Next to Shogun. Or, again, you can click on his website at D-A-V-E-M-I-L-O-E-T-I-N-S-Agency.com. You want to save when it comes to insurance? Call Dave, 504-556-0809. All right. Thanks to the callers that, that joined us on the program. Uh, we turn our attention back to the NFL and the New Orleans Saints joining us on the program from uh, Locked on Saints podcast. Also, Saints Wire, part of USA Today, is uh, Ross Jackson. Ross, how are you? Hey, buddy. Doing very well. Glad to be here with you, as always. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always good to have you, my friend. Always look forward to having you on the program. Uh, a lot going on right now, and uh, let's start off with Taysom Hill. I thought you wrote a great article today about Taysom Hill and the contract. I think a lot of people, uh, again, they, 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 they saw the big uh, gouging numbers when he, when, he, when he signed the original deal, but they didn't read the fine print, again, of saying that if he's no longer as a quarterback, a lot of those incentives will not kick in. Why don't you take it from here and explain to the audience what we're looking at? Yeah, I mean, look, the the basic situation here and the foundation of it all is that Taysom Hill was signed to a tight end level contract when he was extended last year. Four years, $40 million in terms of the total. It's a 10-year average annual value that basically basically puts him at this point as the sixth highest paid, right, top seven contract in terms of tight ends across the NFL in terms of overall value, $40 million. Puts him right in between Cameron Brait, and Hunter Henry. So when you look at all of the other things that came along, right, the additional sort of, you know, 30 some odd million dollars that could have kicked in if he would have become a starting quarterback, all of that would have been contingent upon him taking quarterback snaps in 2022 through 2024 or 2025. And in order for him to earn those incentives and escalators, which by the way, escalators are not guaranteed, right? Incentives are guaranteed. You hit this threshold, this certain number of passing yards, for instance, or certain number of snaps uh, in terms of a percentage over the course of a year, and you automatically earn those incentives. Escalators are sort of seen like at more of a forward projection. Okay, you did it in 2022. We think you'll do it again in 2023, so you've earned your escalator. They're non-guaranteed, so they have the opportunity to sort of cross certain thresholds without the team actually having to even give that money over. So basically the way to look at it now is that all of those incentives and escalators, as you just mentioned, are now 
effectively null and void, right? They're still there. They're still in the contract. So that at any point, if he had to be an emergency quarterback for a full season and put together some incredible year, then yeah, he could earn more money in terms of those incentives. But more than likely, that's not going to happen. Taysom Hill, according to head coach Dennis Allen over at the owners meeting today, mentioning that they intend for him to focus in on tight end and his contract is built very well for that. Makes him a top 10 paid tight end. So he's going to have to produce on that contract and in order for that money to feel well earned. But so far with what we've seen him be able to do, 39 catches, 420 yards, and nine touchdowns over the course of his career, so far despite having less than 600 snaps, not only at tight end, but even if you add in slot receiver and out wide, it's a pretty good situation for him to be in if he's able to produce even close to that level on that contract. It was announced today Andy Dalton signs a one-year, $3 million deal. It was up as high as $6 million with an incentive to be the backup quarterback. Trevor Simeon goes to his hometown team, the Chicago Bears. In your mind, upgrade? Do you like Andy Dalton as the backup? I do. I, I really do. And I, I think that you know, if you were signing Andy Dalton to be your starter, this would be an entirely different conversation. But the Saints have their starter for 2022 at least in Jameis Winston. He's got $21 million guaranteed, so you better believe he's taken – uh, quarterback snaps in 2022, and this isn't going to be a competition between him and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is an experienced veteran quarterback. Eric, you know this just as well as I do for having followed this team so long. The New Orleans Saints, or as long as we have, the New Orleans Saints love their backup quarterbacks. They love the veteran clipboard holders. Look at Jake DeLome and Mark Brunel, Chase Daniel, Luke McCown. They've been looking for that guy for the past few years since Chase Daniel left. And they haven't been able to find that because they had Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater had to take snaps. They had Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill was playing several different roles, even playing special teams in 2017. They had Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston was getting ready to become a starting quarterback and then was eventually the starting quarterback for the Saints. So they haven't had that veteran clipboard holder that is a part of what they do from a player-coach standpoint on the sideline every game. Here's what I'm seeing while I'm on the sideline and you – Jameis Winston, are on the field, right? So let me help you. Let's talk. Let's have this conversation. Andy Dalton has been in the NFL for a long time. He's played in several different offenses. He's played against several different defenses. And I'll tell you the other place that this actually ends up benefiting as well. The New Orleans Saints just upgraded a big piece of their practice every week, huge piece of their practice every week. Over the last two seasons, you've had Taysom Hill, who hasn't had a lot of NFL experience, taking snaps with the second team, and not really being somebody that knows the NFL, that makes NFL throws on a consistent basis, all of that. You had Ian Book last year taking second and third team snaps as a quarterback, despite not having played in the NFL up until last season. Now you have Andy Dalton, who has made NFL throws, that can run an NFL at an NFL pace, and that can run an NFL offense, that can call these plays, get in and out of the huddle. It just becomes a little bit more comfortable for the wide receivers, the offensive line, the tight ends. Everybody mm-hmm. around them just got an upgrade on the practice squad every week, which is going to benefit going into game day. Both of us believe wide receiver is a need. Um, in listening to Dennis Allen today, he mentioned, again, speed receiver. First time, again, I've heard that. Um, again, they, they've been methodical in terms of, again, the, the, the free agency, on, like they always are. Um, when you look at the receivers that have, you know, have been signed for the most part, it's an average of about $10 million a year, for, unless you're looking at some of these guys that were a little bit overpaid, right? Uh, what's out there now that you think may be a fit for the Saints? And if they are a fit, what do you think the parameters of the contract is going to be? Is it 8 to $10 million they're willing to pay? Or, or, or do they feel $10 million is too rich? What are your thoughts? I don't know that there's a, a wide receiver out there that fits the speed receiver classification that would earn that would warrant 
or command that high of a contract, right? We know Jarvis Landry is out there saying that he wants $20 million a year. Right. He's not going to get that, first of all. No. <laughs> and then secondly, he doesn't really check the box of speed receiver anyway. Right. So if that's what they're in the, in the market for, you're really looking at only a couple of guys that are still out there. Marquise Goodwin, who's proven to be more of maybe a home run threat than anything else. So can he be consistent enough for you? No, so you're probably not going to pay him double digits per year, right? So he's probably going to be more of a kind of like Zach Pascal, who got signed by the Philadelphia Eagles, he was on a vet minimum, basically. And that's kind of what you would expect with a guy like Marquise Goodwin. You look at another speed receiver out there, Will Fuller, who had a great season two years ago in Houston, but in Miami last year, dealt with injuries, all these other things. And so because of that, the Saints could capitalize on that. Now, you never, you never hope for anybody to be hurt. You never try to make light of, uh, of injuries or anything like that. But this is a situation to where a team benefits because the contract can come in low because they're coming off of an injury season. But outside of that, there's not really a lot of those quote-unquote speed receivers that are left on, on the market. So really what you're looking at is the off chance that the Saints go to the trade market, you know, how much, is, how much of uh, what the, the departure of Russell Wilson has impacted the Seattle Seahawks. Are they looking to fire sale? Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity to get a guy like Tyler Lockett, for instance? Right. I don't know. Right? Seems unlikely, but mm-hmm. something to keep an eye out on. And certainly if you're Mickey Loomis, you're picking up that phone if you find out that that becomes available. And then you look into the draft, and there are a lot of those speed receivers available in the draft. Yes. The Saints were in on Mar- uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 6'4", 200-plus pounds, 4'3'7 speed. A guy almost identical to that, 6'4", 200-plus pounds, 4'3'6 speed, Christian Watson, wide receiver out of Notre Dame, uh, excuse me, Notre Dame State, North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Um, he is somebody that checks all of those boxes as well, and there are several other receivers that check several of those boxes as well. So maybe the draft is really the place to look, and when you have Guys that do as well with development, like a guy like uh, Cody, Bar- Cody Burns, they brought in from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, the Volunteers, mm-hmm. as their wide receiver coach. Coach Bicknell, who came over and elevated Tyler Boyd over in Cincinnati. Then you really can start to look at the rookie classes and say, okay, we can quickly develop these players into what we need in this offense. And that could very well be the route that the Saints go. That, that was going to be my question. Michael Thomas, Marcus Callaway, uh, you bring back Traquan Smith, Deontay Hardy. I mean, is that good enough to go to war with this year? I mean, uh, you know, to, to me, you still need a veteran upgrade, even if it's just a guy that, that you know, uh, that, that is, I don't want to call it possession receiver, but maybe a guy that can play multiple positions at the wide receiver position. And then, look, I think they need to go into the draft. And, and if the speed guy is the guy in the draft, maybe drafting two wide receivers. I just think that mm-hmm. you saw last year with, with, with Jameis Winston that uh, even without Michael Thomas, these guys weren't ready for prime time. Uh, they got another year under their belt. Is that going to make a big difference? I, I don't think it makes enough of a difference. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think the Saints are in any situations where they can be picky either, right? So I think that, yeah, you, you tried as many different routes as you can go. If Jarvis Landry comes down massively on his price and all of a sudden you can add another possession slot receiver, mm-hmm. fantastic. If not him, then Albert Wilson is another good you know, possession slot receiver that you can go to just to get another veteran in the building. Right. And then you're right. You double up at wide receiver in the draft if you can. I mean, if it's going to be as big a focus as it sounds like it's going to be for the New Orleans Saints, Dennis Allen talking about it unprovoked, um, Mickey Loomis talking about it from, you know, usually what we hear from the New Orleans Saints when it comes to the wide receivers is that they like the guys that they have. Right now that might be true, but they clearly believe, according to Mickey Loomis in his words, there's work to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I what agree. that's what it's going to take. And you have to kind of do that work a couple times over in order to really be able to boost and look at that. Another thing I would love for the Saints to be able to potentially add in the draft this year, not just somebody that's a speed receiver from a deep threat perspective in terms of stretching the field as a route runner, but somebody mm-hmm. that can do something with the ball in their hands. There's only one guy that's not going to get caught with the ball in their hands, 
and that's Deontay Hardy for the New yes. Orleans Saints. Right now, a guy like Bo Melton, a late guy like Kevin Austin, these guys that are clocking in at the 4-3-4-4 speeds, that should be a place where the New Orleans Saints look to uh, invest as well, where they can take six, seven-yard routes and turn them into 15, four, you know, 15 20, 25-yard games. What's your gut on what they do at tackle with Armstead now moving on to the Dolphins? Look, they signed the contract with, with Ramshack with the verbiage within the contract that if he flips to the left side, obviously he gets an increase in his salary. So they were prepared for that. They got James Hurst, who has, again, been a journeyman tackle, who has played multiple positions, and uh, he's a guy that you can count on. Um, are they going to make the move? The, are they going to move Ramshack to the left side? Are they going to leave Hurst there? Are they going to draft one? We know they like big men, but this is a big man draft, right? So a lot of the big, 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 a lot of the better offensive linemen are going to be probably gone by the time you get to eighteen. What direction do you think they go? Yeah, look, I, I think they're ready to go to James Hurst. Is what it sounds like. I mean, we saw we saw Jameis Winston talk about him yesterday in his. Uh, and his media availability with New Orleans media, he sort of unprepared both mentioned he's excited for James Hurst to get the recognition that he deserves. And, uh, you know, it's sad to have lost Teron Armstead, but really likes James Hurst. And that makes sense because in the three games or, or two and, you know, three quarters of a game that Jameis Winston played at quarterback without, Taysom, excuse me, without uh, Teron Armstead last season, James Hurst was the guy that stepped in at left tackle while, while Ryan Ramchick stayed at right. And during that time, over the course of those effectively three games, James Hurst gave up just 11 pressures in one sack, and that was it. And that came, including a game against the Washington, at the time football team, now Commanders, had 22 pressures in that game, but the majority of them coming from the right side, not the left, where James Hurst was. So there's some continuity, there's some cohesion, there's some familiarity between Jameis Winston and James Hurst that I think counts for something. But I wouldn't rule out the New Orleans Saints investing in a tackle in the draft and whether that's at 18 or whether that's the third the third round or early day three there's a really really talented trenches class on both sides of the ball in this uh in this draft so if a guy like trevor pinning or my favorite charles cross falls Mm -hmm. to 18 then that could be a place that the saints go but even if not getting you know four picks effectively within the top 101 selections there are other guys out there that they could potentially lean on or fall back to with one of those two picks in the third round for instance Two minutes left, Ross. List the needs of the Saints. Uh, again, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the biggest need uh, on down uh, uh, with, again, on the, as we sit here on the 29th of March. I would start with wide receiver. I think that that's still a big piece for them. Um, Taysom Hill maybe alleviates a little bit of what's going on at tight end, but I'll still put tight end there uh, in, within the top three. But in between wide receiver and tight end, I'd throw defensive tackle. So I'd go wide receiver, defensive tackle, tight end might still have some need there. And then I'd watch out for running back. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. you and I, a bunch yes. when it comes to adding mm-hmm. another running back there. And then I would top that off with this sort of sneaky position over the defensive side with safety. We talked a, a little while ago, I think a couple of weeks ago, about Malcolm Jenkins and that sort of curious pay cut that he took for the last yes. two seasons of his, of his uh, contract. And he took that pay cut all the way down to vet minimum which seems to be a potential precursor for a potential retirement. There's no reports around that right now that that's happening. They asked about it uh, with uh, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen said, I don't know, you're going to have to ask Malcolm Jenkins that. So, you know, something to look at there and something to watch. But if Malcolm Jenkins all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but decides to step away from the game, mm-hmm. and he does more retirement. He mentioned that before. He thinks about retirement. Yes. Uh, then all of a sudden, that gives you another big need at safety in the box. C.J. Garner-Johnson can step in there, but they love him in the slot, so you might need to look for another box safety. 
So let me tell you something, guys. This is what you're getting on his podcast every single day. Locked on Saints podcast does a great job. And now, again, uh, the written word with Saints Wire on the USA ne- uh, Today Network uh, doing a great job. you got to check out Ross, Ross Jackson. Uh, again, uh, easy way to do it, uh, obviously, is how, Ross? Uh, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola, N-O-L-A. And, of course, that Locked on Saints podcast that you mentioned is available free and on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And Saints Wire is at saintswire.usatoday.com. Just a plethora of information. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure to be here with you, bud. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Take care, and I'll talk to you here soon. You got it. That's uh, Ross Jackson again, Locked on Saints podcast and now part of Saints Wire. Uh, John Singler does that. I think Matty Hudak is also a part of that as well. Uh, all three doing a great job with great articles every single day. So you got to check it out. All right. Don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. In the market for a generator, generator sales and services, their business. First of all, they'll sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of generator, power up your home or your business. When the electricity goes out, single day install. That's right. They have, they have generators in stock. Right now, single-day installs. Also, don't forget, uh, you got financing available for generator. You pay that over time, the new install quality check. And that's part of their customer service. Plus, they do the, everything they install for you. They come back a month later, make sure everything's operating correctly and that you are comfortable with operating it. Also, 24-7, 365 emergency service. You need service. Burkhart's there for you. With, again, a warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need. So when you think generator sales and service, think Burkhart. acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Opelie. If you're in the market for a quality used car, come visit us at Southern Tire Auto Sales. We have a large selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for every taste and budget. Every pre-owned vehicle on the lot has been carefully inspected for safety and quality. At Southern Tire Auto Sales, we'll only sell you the best used vehicles and we'll never sell you something we wouldn't buy ourselves. Financing is available. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Miata Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMiatInsAgency.com. The next time you walk into your Picayune Tractor Supply Store, you're going to find more than you're expecting. They've made some major upgrades and enhanced your entire shopping experience, all to help you get the most out of life out here. During the grand reopening sale, find huge savings store-wide. Plus, Neighbors Club members will earn double points on every purchase made during the sale. You're going to like what you see, like a brand new garden center, from flowers to vegetables, tools to containers, rakes to raised beds, Your Tractor Supply Garden Center is home to an expanded assortment of products and plants for all your gardening and landscaping needs. You'll also find a new apparel department, an expanded feed and food selection, and a broader tool assortment. 
Stop by the grand reopening sale of your Picayune Tractor Supply Store at 2320 Highway 43 South, Wednesday, March 30th through Sunday, April 3rd. Tractor Supply, everything you need for life out here. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Searching for the absolute perfect engagement ring? Fisher & Sons Jewelers will make your search an easy one. More than ever in today's world, this purchase will be a special one. Fisher & Sons Jewelers will design and create the ring that will always be her heart link to you and to a future of love. Start your future with Fisher & Sons Jewelers, where the unusual is commonplace. Fisher & Sons Jewelers in Metairie. All right. Thanks so much for being there. Certainly appreciate you tuning into the program. Thanks to the great sponsor, sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow the sponsor, sponsor our show. Click right on their icon, take you right to the website. Everything you need to know about our sponsors is right there at ericasher.com. Thanks to Glenn Gilbo, Ross Jackson for joining us on the show. Also, again, Rudy back at studio. Those that called in, we appreciate it. Those that listen, whether it's over the airways at 106.1 FM or on our podcast, on your favorite podcasting app, thanks so much for checking us out there. Uh, tonight, we've got UNO Tulane Baseball. 615 pregame, 630 first pitch. So keep it right here on uh, 106.1 FM for UNO Baseball. And as always, thanks so much for tuning into the program. Certainly appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock for another edition of Inside New Orleans. My name is Eric Gasher. Have a wonderful evening. From the dog catch to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go.